Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're finding out how the race to secure the metals and minerals needed for the energy transition, particularly those needed for the production of electric vehicles, is impacting dealmaking in the mining sector in North America. To learn more, I'm joined by Carlos Martinez, Merger Markets Canada editor, who's based in Toronto. Hi, Carlos. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. So to begin with, could you please outline the deal-making environment in mining M&A in North America, just past the midpoint of 2023? We heard from Sydney a few weeks ago from James Obuthnot, who's a journalist there, and he was talking about mining in Australia. He said it's been a great start to the year so far, particularly compared to a poor 2022. Is it a similar picture in North America? Yes, actually. Um, M&A volume in North America's mining sector totaled $40.6 billion in the first semester of this year. That is the highest since merger market records began in 1995. So record sort of first semester. An increasing portion of dealmaking is being driven by the hunt to secure electro vehicle battery metals, such as lithium and nickel, which I think we'll, we'll touch on a bit later. So we'll come on to some of the reasons driving that M&A surge in, in mining shortly. But could we look firstly at the big deals in the space? We had Glencore's $32 billion approach for tech resources, which tech rejected. There's also an ongoing outbound deal, Newmont's acquisition of Newcrest Mining. Could you tell us a bit more about those two deals, please, starting with Glencore? Uh, a big part of the semester's M&A volume was dominated by Glencore's bid in April for, for tech, which, as you mentioned, tech rejected. Uh, the deal would have created a copper mining juggernaut as a demand for, a demand for the red metal, uh, which is used in solar panels, electric vehicle, batteries, grid infrastructure, and wind turbines, is expected to grow 16 times by 2015. However, even though tech rejected that deal, we might still see a deal between Glencore and tech as Glencore has already expressed an interest for acquiring tech's, uh, tech's still making coal business. Uh, so remember last month, tech pulled its plan to split the company into separate coal and copper operations after failing to secure support from enough shareholders. So now Glencore is going after the, the copper operations. Um, and yes, another big deal was Newman's um, $16 billion bid for Australia's Newcrest, which just this week was cleared by the Canadian Competition Bureau. But by the way, the deal will increase Newman's presence in the so-called Golden Triangle in the Canadian Western province of British Columbia, which um, has been in favor of prospectors seeking gold and copper since the 19th century. Um, Sort of mid and large miners are looking to replace their Gold reserves amid a scarcity of high-grade, long-life projects in mining-friendly jurisdictions such as Canada. Um, just to put an example, uh, since early last month, Newman's operation at its Peñasquito mine in Mexico, not a as friendly jurisdiction, have been suspended in response to a labor strike notice. So miners are looking to Canada and other North American countries to replenish their sort of gold mining pipeline. 
Great, thank you. And you mentioned it earlier, but I'd like to look at some of the detail, what's driving the record levels of M&A. We know there's a race to secure the metals and minerals needed for the energy transition, including lithium, nickel and copper, a trend that we're seeing across the globe. Can you just outline how that's impacting M&A in North America, particularly for those metals needed in the manufacture of electric vehicles, such as lithium and nickel? Of course. And, and just first a little sort of context, just to put everything in perspective. Electric vehicle sales are expected to jump from 10.5 million last year to 26.6 million by 2026, with the prospect of having 730 million EVs on the road by 2040. Uh, So that's 730 million EVs. Um, On the back of that, the Manford Lithium, for example, which is used to manufacture EV uh, batteries, is expected to grow 22 times by 2015. The Manford Nickel, another essential component of batteries, nine times. Uh, This has created a rush to secure so-called battery metals, which has led to some pretty major M&A deals, um, such as Levent's almost $4 billion merger with Alchem in May, which will create a new global lithium chemicals producer. And here's an interesting sort of factoid that we sort of uncovered. The number of lithium and nickel deals as a share of total mining M&A in North America reached 14% this year, which is far higher than the typical 2 to 3% share early last decade. Great, thank you. And I, I should probably mention here that the UK had some brilliant news for its car industry recently with Tata announcing it would build an uh, electric vehicle battery manufacturer in Somerset. Tata, of course, being the owner of Jaguar Land Rover, which is the biggest car maker in the UK. And still on the subject of electric vehicles, could you talk through the kind of deals that you're seeing car companies doing directly with mining, mining companies rather than buying through the commodity markets? We've got names like Tesla, Stellantis, that's the company that formed from Fiat Chrysler and Peugeot Citroën. We've got Volkswagen and Ford. So some of the biggest car companies in the world, they're looking to acquire their metals and minerals directly from the mines, aren't they? Can you tell us more about that? Yes. And and that's what's so exciting about this global rush. We're seeing new and uh, I would say unusual players joining the action, particularly automakers, which are moving deeper into the supply chain for battery minerals. So just last week, Volkswagen Volkswagen and Stellantis announced they created a publicly traded mining company producing nickel and copper from two Brazilian mines. That is two major automakers now running mines in South America, not just buying from mines, but actually running the mines. Um, Stellantis had earlier acquired a minority stake in nickel miner Alliance Nickel, uh, and they're not the only sort of automakers dipping their toes in, in mining. Ford, as you mentioned, uh, invested in a nickel processing plant in Indonesia. And Jaguar Land Rover has invested in a startup focused on recycling old EV batteries. Uh, and, and Tesla, of course, perhaps the biggest beneficiary of this whole EV boom, is reportedly interested in acquiring Sigma Lithium Resources, which owns the Brazilian Grota do Cirilo project, that is built as the largest lithium hard rock deposit in the Americas. It is worth noting, uh, of course, that three countries in South America, Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile, concentrate a bit over half 
of the world's lithium deposits. And Carlos, that used to be the area that you covered as a journalist. Can you tell us, are, are North American car companies and mining companies looking to acquire those minerals and metals, particularly lithium, from Latin America? Yes, I think it, it's fair to say there's no actual sort of deal right now going on, but but it's fair to say they are looking closely at South America. Uh, uh, let's remember sort of Tesla recently announced it's going to build a mega factory in Mexico. Uh, and then sort of Argentina, is, it's trying to attract um, mining companies to its lithium as well as Bolivia. Uh, Chile, on the other hand, uh, and this is the complicated part about South America, uh, the Chilean government has nationalized all lithium mining operations, which pretty much halted any sort of uh, M&A activity uh, in the country. But surely sort of automakers are looking at South America, not really greatly exploited. Uh, it's just a matter of that. We talked about sort of earlier about friendly jurisdictions. It's just a matter of knowing when a government in South America is opening the doors for foreign investment in lithium and other deposits. Obviously, Chile is a, Chile and Mexico are big sort of mining countries, and they've sort of gone from opening up to foreign investment to closing, depending on the government. So it, it, that's sort of part of operating in South America. Yeah, and I guess it raises some interesting questions about resource nationalism and what countries want to hold on to themselves. Exactly, exactly. And, and sort of now we're seeing the what some call the second generation pig tide in South America, meaning a lot of left-leaning governments uh, in place in, in South America. But at other times we see more business-friendly sort of governments. It depends on uh, what type of government you're dealing with, what's the right timing. And, and let's remember, sort of mining project takes a long time. So in most cases, beyond the sort of government six-year, four-year uh periods in, in South America. So it's some, just something to, to keep an eye on. So Carlos, let's finish off by looking at the more innovative end of mining. We have a company called The Metals Company, which also says it's had interest from the electric vehicle industry in its flagship project, which is called Nori D. And this company is looking at seabed mining and it has these nodules that contain a number of metals and minerals needed in electric car production. Could you tell us more about that, please? Yes, of course. Um, so basically, competition for battery metals is getting so intense that companies are literally searching the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, the metals company, based in Vancouver, owns the mining rights to Nori D, which sits in international waters between Hawaii and Mexico and holds infer resources of more than 300 million tons of seabed nodules, which are basically tennis ball-sized pieces of rock which contain nickel, copper, and other battery metals. We reported last month that EV-related companies, not automakers, but EV-related companies in that supply chain have expressed an interest in investing in, in Nori D. And, and for the record, deep-sea mining in international waters isn't currently legal, but is expected to become later this year. Uh, DC mining is strongly opposed by environmental groups in some countries, and I believe it, sort of the UK is among those, claiming it, it could significantly damage uh, marine ecosystems. But last month, the Norwegian government proposed opening the door for deep sea mining in its waters. So it's something, it's an evolving industry, uh, but it just goes to show the length 
uh, which companies will go in search of this battery metals. Uh, there's a lot of demand for them. Everyone's trying to secure um, deposits for what's coming. Uh, right now, everything is focused or all of those deposits are, are, are being processed in China. So with all the uh, geopolitical tensions, everyone's trying to find deposits in friendlier jurisdictions hopefully on the sort of the western side of the, of the world. So this is just one one more example. We have that. We have startups recycling EV batteries. Uh, so everyone's searching for battery metals right now. Well, it's a fascinating topic and one that is obviously changing all the time. Carlos, good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. That was Carlos Martinez, Merger Markets Canada editor, who's based in Toronto. Thanks for listening to Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week. 